This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. For all, NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up, y'all? It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Nat. We were waiting for Justin to get a little pretty before getting started, but we here now. We here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> So we're gonna sit up here and lie. Okay, okay. That's not what that's not that's not what you have. Something real quick. I fixed something real quick. But you were getting pretty, right? Nah, nah, nah. You were fixing yourself. <laughs> Is that not getting pretty? What 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 do men define that as? I don't know. I was just making myself a little more presentable. That's getting pretty. Men are allowed to get pretty. This is not something to be embarrassed by. Embrace it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see what I got to deal with. First, we we got the age references. I'm all compliments are now problems. Is this how men feel when we when we say like don't do that stuff? It makes us uncomfortable. Is that what is that what it feels like? (laughs) I like the message, Justin, for real, y'all. But this was this was my guy. Um, okay, but he was getting pretty. He acknowledged it. So we just have different terminologies that we use, right? It's sort of like Jay Williams recently when he didn't want to say that um, Caitlin Clark was great. He said that because you have to win championships and all these things. And he's like, look, she's one of the most prolific scorers, blah, blah, blah. He said all this stuff. And everyone just got so upset. I'm like, did you guys actually listen to what he said? Because this is like a semantics thing. Obviously, his definition of great is just different than our definition. Like, if I call you the most prolific scorer, that's actually better than great, you know? So it's just like, he, I feel like the way he defines great is like all-time great, like Rushmore. And he's not prepared to put her over other women's college basketball players who have won multiple championships and done other things. And I think that's a normal basketball argument. I didn't see the big deal. So in this context, let's bring it back full circle. I call it you getting pretty and you call it something else that men call it, but it's really semantics. Fair enough? No, that ain't fair. All right, y'all. So we're here. It's all-star break. Um, And let me tell you, Justin, today is very interesting because clearly um, the NBA community is lost right now without games because there's just all kinds of drama unfolding on the timeline. I don't know if you saw the latest with um, Doc Rivers and um, uh, not really even Doc Rivers. I mean, he said some coolness, but JJ and Pat Beverly. I'm like, y'all really just don't got nothing else to do and talk about, right? Because this is hilarious. And it's funny for so many reasons, because like, I actually understand why JJ Reddick's gonna like go back at Pat Bev. I understand that, like whether I agree or not, like I get it, like you called the man out, so he's gonna respond. So Pat Bev responds 
But then now when Austin gets into it, he's live, like on ESPN. And by the way, JJ said this on ESPN Airways. So then you bring <laughs> Austin oh, wow. Rivers on and he responds on ESPN Airways. And I'm just laughing because he's just like, you know, you had the best career under my father. And like, you know, I'm a fan of you. We're both dookies, you know. I get that that might be terminology, probably shouldn't say it, but he's like, you know, I get that we both are dookies and, um, you know, but then he's just like, you know, but I mean, like, you know, JJ, like at the end of games, we had to sit you because like you were just a catch and shoot shooter. Like you're not a staff. You're not a, like, I forget who else he said. And he's just like, you know, your defense. So we had to sit you. We, son, were you the coach? Like, right. bro, that's wow, right. crazy. The way Dang, I did not see the Austin Rivers portion of oh, it. Oh, sure. I will send I, I will send it to you, friend. I will send it to you so you can wow. enjoy it because it was quite amusing. Um so yeah, it was um it was hilarious. It was hilarious. So I was very entertained by that. Very. Um what else was entertaining on the timeline today? Doc Rivers basically saying he said to Buck's ownership. He doesn't know why they want to fire Adrian Griffin. Guy, like, okay, but you, like, come on, stop it. Like, what are you yeah. doing here? You're going to always be looked at as someone who was dirty macking. Like, the image is not going to change. Stop trying to do what they were doing. Go win games. How about that? Mm -hmm. Go win games. Right. You worry about everything but that. But that, right? Like, come on. So, um, it, it's just funny. Like, all of that stuff going on. Um but there's just been other interesting storylines. So let's talk about some of those, the ones that are coming out of uh, NBA All-Star Weekend, um, which I think, Justin, based on some of the tweets I saw from you, that you were the same page as me, that the All-Star game sucked. Mm -hmm. um, I do want to talk to you a little bit about the dunk contest, because apparently you didn't think we were appreciating some of the dunks. So that might be a point of contention for us. Um, I don't know how you feel about Sabrina and Steph, but I feel like for everyone, that was like one of the highlights of the weekend. So I'm assuming that was good for you. For sure. And then I don't know where you are on anything else. Like the skills challenge was goofy. Um, so I, I don't know, you know, and I don't mm -hmm. know what else you might have tuned into. So what were your thoughts? You can go by event. You can start with the game. Like what, where, where do you stand on all-star weekend? Yeah, I think the NBA, um, I wouldn't even say they need to do something about it because there's nothing that they can do. I just think guys need to take it upon themselves to make it an event that, you know, is living up to the hype that it should have. Right. It's the all-star weekend. It's the best players in the league up to that point in the season. You want to see those guys do amazing things and you want to see them compete. Right. I mean, I, like the, the highlight of the weekend was Steph versus Sabrina because it was a legit competition. Like Sabrina set the bar pretty high and Steph, eclipsed the bar but it was like tension there it was clearly they wanted to beat each other like that type of thing and i mean the three-point contest in general it's is pretty good it's pretty good it's, it's kind of hard to not be because like unless guys just go out there and break everything like it's uh they're not there's no defense involved regardless so it's just like let my score be your score type of thing so there's always going to be a level of competition there that's just gonna you know kind of carry that that event but like the dunk contest was pretty mid i think um there was a few dunks in there that were cool, but in general, I think people want to see more stars do it. I'm not really in that in that ballpark. Like, I just think I just want to see people just doing amazing dunks. Like, you know, some of the best dunk contest performances of all time were from players that weren't all stars or weren't stars at all. You know, what I mean, sure. like, 
But like I don't Zach think we saw that on Saturday. I don't think definitely we saw not. That. Definitely not. Like I just want to get. I just want guys to do better dunks. Like, I mean, there's forty years, fifty years of dunk contests. Um, you know, history there. Well, how about you just take a fifty from twenty years ago and just put a little modern spin on it? I'm pretty sure that would be a fifty. You know, guys just are are not being very creative. Um, it's a lot of guys getting in it that just don't have that much bounce. Really, it's like I want to see dudes that can jump out the gym, but. Overall, that, that event was pretty mid. Um, All-Star game was terrible. I think, we, like you said, we agree on that. The effort there is just, like, super lackluster. Guys are just doing whatever they want. Um, yeah, just a bad product, I think. So, overall, the weekend, you tie everything together. Eh, mid. Yeah, you know, I – so – when it comes to, I personally think right now, the three-point contest, well, this new additional one where I think they're going to enhance it and grow it with like Steph versus Sabrina, whatever, whether it turns into partners or regular like NBA versus WNBA player, I think that should be like what ends the night. Um, and I think the three-point contest should come before it. Like, I don't think the dunk contest should continue to be what ends the night. It just... It doesn't. I mean, the ratings showed that. The contest peaked during Steph versus Sabrina. Mm -hmm. um, and for whether it's good or bad reasons, I just think you're always going to have intrigue and interest when it's a man battling a woman. You know, I just think uh, whatever, that just gets, you know, our Venus versus Mars. Like, it just gets us going. Um, so I, I really think that they, you know, they need to just rethink that. As far as the dunk contest, because I I saw a couple of tweets where people were like, you know, I can't help it if people don't appreciate it and they would break down one of Jalen, you know, Brown's dunks or some other person's dunks, Mac, whoever. And then everyone's like cheering, like, we don't know basketball. Look, bro, obviously I'm not an athlete at the highest level. I'm sure like these things are not easy for me to do, right? As the average person. <laughs> Um, but to me, the way that I look at dunks is the way that I look at a fit, right? Like someone can do a dunk, but like, it just looks better when someone else does it. And to be honest, I think that's one of the reasons before, like, you know, Dwayne Wade screwed Aaron Gordon over. Like, I truly believe that's one of the reasons why Zach Levine ultimately won. I don't necessarily feel like his dunks were way better than Aaron Gordon, but I think, he's a slightly more aesthetically pleasing, right? He's like just super athletic the way he does. Them. That's again, it's not confirmed or whatever. It's just what I think. So like last year with Mac McClung, when everyone was like, oh, he saved the dunk contest for one, that was hyperbole. But two, and I remember we talked about this because you were like, oh, you know, he's a good dunker and he is, but I don't really enjoy watching him dunk. It's not because he's white. It's not, it's like, that's not the reason guys. It's just like, there's a, there's a certain finesse and a pizzazz in addition that comes with dunking and some people just had it dominique wilkins had it you know um michael jordan obviously had it right those are like more, more historical vince carter had it right um and and more recently and i think aaron gordon is a perfect example because he's not like a top of the league guy even when even when zach levine did it he wasn't like you know a star of a team at yeah. all but like the dunks were fun to watch they were good they were creative and like creative does not mean gimmick so yes i don't care about the fucking glove it doesn't do anything to me shout out to the person you know jalen tried to honor with one of his dunks but it's just like 
the glove adds nothing for me. The creativity needs to be in the dunk itself, not in, you know, stuff on the floor. You know, mm-hmm. Shannon Sharp had me crying because he was like, he only jumped over Kai Sinat and he's like three, Sinat, and he's like three feet tall. Yeah, like, and then he's just know. sitting in a chair. He's 1.1. 1. 1. Yeah. <laughs> That's fact, so though. He's so rude. But, you know, it's like that. And honestly, if we're being real, like Blake jumping over the fucking Kia never moved me back then either. I'm like, bro, like, mm-hmm. Just do Blake it, had already had that one. He already had that dunk contest one, I think. And then that was just like, a, oh, OK, we'll just finish it off with this. But it wasn't really that special. Of a dunk no, contest. it wasn't special. And so it's just like it, and I feel like it's turned into like over oh, there's a lot of those like, let me jump over this person. Let me jump over this person. Like, yeah, like it, that doesn't move me, son. like just do a dunk, yo. Like yeah. just get creative and do a dunk. And like you said, there's years of footage and years of history like you can look at some stuff and come up with an idea. And by the way, I don't even think you, the player, has to do it. Like, hire someone to look at these videos and do this Thank you. and do a dunk. You know, and people can call me a hater all they want, but I'm going to still say the beginning of this is LeBron James refusing to do a dunk contest. With that said, I think it's a fair argument that, like, he's not that kind of dunker, and so it may not have been as great as people think. Mm-hmm. But just his unwillingness to sort of do some of these things during all-star like being too cool for school i think led to other players you know feeling like oh you know and then you also had like the rise obviously of the of the three-point you know ball in the game which i would say is like a large part of like steph and so now it's like almost like more you know let's do the three-point contest, but not, mm-hmm. you know, the dunk contest. Yeah. A so, lot of the better players in the league now are, are jump shooters rather than, like, physical, you know, athletes and stuff like that, like it used to be. Right. Yeah, so. And mean. so, I mean, I disagree a little bit about whether or not there's anything the league can do. I just think that they shouldn't do it. Like, pay them. We saw how they got hyped for the tourney. And by the way, like, it didn't even take that much money for the tourney. Like, I thought... <laughs> like you would have to pay them, pay them mm-hmm. to get them hyped. But they were hyped. What was it? Like a couple, a hundred thousand. Like what was the amount again? Do you remember? Was it? It was a lot. Was it two hundred fifty thousand? And when I say Greg, can you try to check that for us? But like when I say like it wasn't a lot. Like yes, that's a lot of money to me. That could pay off some loans, cribs, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I'm saying it's not a lot relatively to because the players in the All Star game are making so much money that's like five dollars to them unlike mm. the tourney where we know some back of the bench guys maybe some lower end players like that's meaningful money like that's not meaningful money to lebron james but apparently it was right, right. And, he, and he said that and so that's the point i just don't feel you should have to pay them additional for this right and so um that's part of it but i do think you can incentivize them with money um and another thing is like just Seriously, like league, sit down with LeBron James and Steph Curry, <laughs> right? Yeah. They're the the guys, and say, listen, what is it going to take for you guys to get these other guys on board? Because they are the guys who can get them on board. Facts. I mean, what 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 do we have to do? Tell us. Right, and Giannis too, because he's the East guy. But yeah, pretty much like get these guys. It's going to start from the. It has to start from the top, and it trickles down. Like Kobe set the standard. Mike set the standard. These guys. They went into this game with a competitive attitude and just said, like, all right, we're not going to be out there fighting each other, but we're trying to win this game. Like, I was watching some clips from um, 
I think it was it 01 or something like that, back when they wore their own jerseys as the uh, All-Star jerseys, whatever year that was. Um, and they were it was late in the game, and it was getting down to the wire. And you can hear the commentators just talking about, like, yo, they might have to take a foul here. Like, they have a foul to give. Like, talking that type of, that type of terminology in an All-Star game is, like, unheard of now because nobody's trying to win that bad. To, right. to think about like sending another team to the line and all that other type of stuff and game situation. So just setting that table with, you know, just a little bit of defense, a little bit of aggression can go a long way, right? Like it doesn't have to be score 100 to 99, but almost 400 points combined is it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like we just watching you know the glorified what? shoot around. They're just shooting around. I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's fair to say that some people are misremembering all-star games a little bit, right? Because they weren't always competitive for all four quarters. And a lot of it was players doing tricks and like, you know, showing off their thing, you know, the stuff they can do. But usually in the fourth quarter, you got a little something. I Look, I can remember even just a few years ago or five, whatever, however long it was, when I think there was a record that like Paul George could break. It was like most points or something. And like everyone tried yeah, to stop him. him. Right, yep. they would not let him, right? So, but like in, in this game, there was literally no point in time that they said, oh, okay, okay, we're within 12. We could do this. Like we're like, there was just no point in time. I actually think that returning to East-West format did worse. Like, cause like, at least when they were sort of playing for their um, charities, at some point they mm-hmm. like did something, but I just, um, yeah, I don't know. I agree. I, I, and I think there were still charities involved, but the format was like a little different this year. So Look, I don't know, but I actually think that at least still allowing them to pick the teams and having the captains yeah. and that I still think all of that was better. I don't think returning to the East-West format made it better. No way. Um, so, Cause, I, I mean, don't know. There's a, there's a level of competition that comes with, like, picking your team, right? You get picked last. You're like, F them. I want to I beat them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, don't pick me last. And then it's like you pick your guys. Like, all right, we're going to play together. Like, we're going to be a good team. Or whatever. So I think they should bring that back. And then they took the Elam ending out, where it's like both teams start the fourth quarter with this amount of points. You got to score to this score right. to win. Um, that added some level of competition too, because it's like, okay, we actually have something to play towards and we got to get here or the game ain't going to end. Um, so they just don't, they just can't let the time run out. So right. yeah, they, those two changes definitely made it worse. Um, but ultimately, like we said, it's going to take the league talking to LeBron, Steph, the guys at the top of the league and just, being like, yo, y'all need to set the table somehow. I don't know what we got to do. If we got to pay y'all under the table. To I do know this, you said but... Giannis, but I don't even think like. No, not Giannis in terms of stature, but I'm just saying, I know in terms of the East, East and West. But I'm just, I just think, and I mean, really, honestly, LeBron probably has the most influence, but it's Steph too. It's like those two, you know, because I feel like there's a generation of players where it's like Bron, but like some of these younger guys, many of them, they're like Steph, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Well, whoever it is, like everyone understands their stature um, in the league, um, which I don't quite think Giannis is is there yet where like they can probably listening to. Yeah, nobody's going to like listen to Giannis like that. Right. And it's funny because apparently there was some reporting from um, Vince Goodwill um, from Yahoo Sports that Dr. J and Larry Bird went in and talked to them in the locker room in addition 
and that Andre went and talked to the rookies. I actually think you probably would have been better served with having Andre talk to the players because he's most recently connected to them, which sounds great. I mean, look, we found out that Jason Tatum just met Larry Bird. So, like, while these people might be legends to them, I don't – and you also have a history of these guys sort of, like, hating on current players. I think having a more Mm -hmm. recent player probably would at least resonate with them more than um, those guys, in my opinion, but – No, you're right. You're definitely right. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, it, it ultimately comes down to LeBron and Steph. You see them saying, hey, we're going to do Team USA, and all everybody's like, all right, we're doing Team USA. Like, whatever LeBron and Steph say, everybody else is going to follow. So they right, got, you heard they, what Anthony Davis said. We got um, Bron, Steph, and AD, right? Like, yeah. that's it. And the team didn't win, but it's like, it's notable, the three players who he called out, right? right. And so... Um, there's still just a reverence for them mm-hmm. as being the guys at the top. People are gonna say I'm hating. I always just feel like people kind of throw Katie in there. I don't. I I just I just think there's a difference, you know. Oh, like it, it. I don't know how to explain it because like he's he's a part of this story for sure, but there's still a difference in those two and then him. Yeah, I mean for sure. I mean. First and foremost, they're both better than him. Like, I mean, we can call me a hater or whatever. <laughs> They've both been better than him for years. And secondly, I think they're just more charismatic. They're more marketable. And he's and he spoke to that the other day, I guess, when people called out his leadership style. is like he's not a very charismatic guy and not outspoken. So I think that translates also to marketability and just how people see you in a certain light. Um, yeah, I'm sure, as, I mean, as a player, he gets just as much respect as them, like, on the court. But in terms of stature, like you said, like those guys just have a clear, I think, edge above him. Yeah, so what you're saying, it's like the era of Braun, Steph, and Katie. I'm like, it's the, no, there's no, like, right. <laughs> Braun had a time, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, Steph came, and it's been them. And, like, Katie's been, he's not a footnote. He's more than a footnote, but he's like a... Right. I have to think of what the right word is. But he's something in the story, but he's not... They're the main two. Yeah. And um, so I feel like it's just like insistence from people to put him in there, but I don't think it's accurate. So they wanted they want him to be in there so bad. They want it to not be Steph so bad. <laughs> but <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Um <laughs> <laughs> Another day is here. And you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
for all NBA warriors. You are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. Okay, so I mean, that's the dunk contest, but like, obviously, um, well, that's the dunk contest in the game, but the highlight, we cannot end the All-Star Weekend conversation without talking about the highlight of the weekend, which was um, Steph versus Sabrina, or as they called it, Stefan versus Sabrina. And, um, like, honestly, I'm not even, like, trying to, like, gas her up. I legit thought there was a chance Sabrina could win um, Mm -hmm. before it started. Um, You know, I picked Steph, and I thought he would. But, like, it was one of those things, like, if she would have won, I would not have been surprised. You know? Um, And there's been so much conversation about this. Um... And I just want to say like a few things because I agree that this event should continue. Um, but I haven't really had a chance. I've tweeted a little bit about this, but I haven't really been able to on any, I haven't been able to on like any platform I'm usually on to kind of speak about it. And so I want to take this time a little bit to sort of educate people a little bit on like women's basketball, because I think everybody thinks it's cute when they keep saying next year with Caitlin Clark. It's not cute. It's disrespectful. <laughs> okay. For one, Caitlin Clark has made no decision about whether she's leaving or not, right? So we don't know if she will be in the WNBA and it would be hella disrespectful to bring in a college player, right? So we just don't know that. But secondly, again, this goes back to a conversation that's been a little ongoing about, you know, how she will be as a first year like player. We don't know. You don't know. And there seems to be this assumption that she's just going to come into the W and do what she does. And I feel that's because y'all don't know about the W. And and I don't mean that in like a, you just don't know. you When you make statements like that, that tells me you clearly don't know about the W. Mm-hmm. And it's not even controversial to say what Cheryl Swoop said. The part, I'm not talking about the factual parts that she had incorrect. I'm talking about the part where she says, like, I don't think she's going to come in and just do that. And she could struggle because that shouldn't be controversial because we see that in the NBA. We see that in almost every professional sports league when a player leaves the college level and transitions. The player whose record she broke, Kelsey Plum, struggled when she first got into the W. She struggled. Those are some very talented women. Those are some grown women. They can play. They can play. And for people who I don't think watch Iowa basketball regularly and you just see highlights, okay, like the way that team plays, she's not going to be able to play like that in the W. Bigger bodies, more athleticism. The WNBA is still an inside-out game. It's still an inside-out game. And um, she takes a high volume of shots. You're not going to continue to do that when you come into that. First of all, the likelihood is she'd be drafted to the Indiana Fever. You're on a team with Aaliyah Boston. You're going to feed Aaliyah Boston. She's in the bench. You're going to feed her. And they'll play off of each other nicely. But I'm just saying, there's only been one player in WNBA history to kind of come in and even have MVP level impact. And that was Candace Parker. She's the only one. A while ago. A while ago. (laughs) And there's a handful that even make the all-star game in their first year. So you're being disrespectful. You're being disrespectful to the woman in the WNBA. You are. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into the other places I could go with this conversation because Caitlin Clark is a great player and she deserves to be recognized. But I promise you, there are other great players in women's college basketball and there are other great players in the WNBA. By the way, there is a legitimate debate if you were actually tuned into women's college basketball that Juju Watkins might be having a better season than Caitlin Clark right now. She's incredible. Mm-hmm. And she's a freshman. So, but you wouldn't know that because Juju isn't discussed as much as Caitlin and her highlights are not put up as much as Caitlin. But I promise you, she's equally as exciting of a player. And there's other players in women's college basketball right now who are doing great things. So, bringing it full circle to the W, there are some great three point shooters. Jewel Lloyd. Chelsea Gray, she almost had a 50-40-90 season this year, and she's from the Bay. How great would that be to have a Bay legend, you know, Mm -hmm. playing in that next year, right? So um, I just need us to think a little bit more (laughs) about, right, if if we're truly trying to highlight the W and growing it, insisting that Caitlin Clark being everything is not going to do that, right? Mm -hmm. It's showcasing other players. It's showing their talent. Oh, because you know what happens when you do that? People start Googling. Who's that? Da, da, da. You get impressed. There are other people who can shoot. They call Jewel Lloyd the gold mamba for a reason. So with that being said, you know, shout out to Caitlin Clark. I think she is going to be a great pro. Um, but next year, when they do do whatever they're... And also, too, because I didn't appreciate people being like, oh, you know... Dame Lillard, I'm pretty sure Stephen Curry will want his splash brother, Clay Thompson, out there with him, right? Like, I didn't appreciate references like, oh, the second best shooter. Is Dame the second best shooter? Is he a better shooter than Clay Thompson? Like, this is what I'm saying. So, like, I just, the egregious, it's not just on the woman's side, but I'm just saying the egregious statements being made <laughs> about what should happen and kind of the overlooking of, like, people. Um, y'all, please, we can have, like, better conversations. Um, but I think it should continue. Steph versus Sabrina was great. It was great. I really enjoyed watching it. There was clear mutual respect between the two players. And um, I actually think that all this, oh, the last point I'll make about Sabrina and the W, like Kenny Smith, what he said was moronic, okay? It was uninformed and moronic. Um, Just like when he said that he doesn't think Steph can shoot the deep ball as well as um, um, Dame. And I want to ask you about that in a moment, Justin. But um, so what he said was ridiculous. And I just want to explain to people why it was ridiculous because a lot of people are like, I don't get what he said. And she was at a disadvantage and da, 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 da. Okay. First of all, Sabrina practices from the men's line. Like she actually practices. She doesn't practice from the woman's line. So it is her range. It's mm. her range. She also was not forced to shoot from the three-point, the men's line. She chose. Immediately the moment this starts, she said, I will shoot from the men's line. It's like she tweeted it right away. So this was never going to be a thing. And like, I don't need to be extreme here, but this is what we talk about. Like when a woman chooses to do something and says, this is what I want to do, for men to then come and be like, oh, you're you're at a disadvantage. And like, it's, it's sexist, it's misogynistic because your thinking is already that she's, um, disadvantaged in some way. Right. To me, to me, 
if she had any disadvantage, it was going first, right? It was like not being able to go second. That's true. And I don't know why it was decided who goes first or second, but to me, that's the only possible disadvantage. Because I say Sabrina being the 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 holder, the record holder of having the most points ever, <laughs> she should have won yeah. second. But maybe I don't know if it was a ladies' first thing. I don't know if it's because you're the visitor to men's NBA All Star. I don't I don't know how it was decided who went first or second. But to me, that's the only disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're gonna say there's a disadvantage, but that is Sabrina range. It's her range in games. She regularly shoots shots, <laughs> you know, way behind the women's line. So th- this is her range. That's her comfort zone. It wasn't something where like. It was making it to her. That's her range and what she can do. And clearly she could. Clearly yeah. she could. 26. Right. I mean, when she first started and hit like, like all Whoa. those shots, she yeah. hit nine of her first 10. I was like, oh, shit, Steph. <laughs> exactly. I was like, brother, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, was a hell of a, that was a hell of a performance. Like It was. Like, yeah. Like, just I mean, respect her as a shooter. Respect yeah. her as a shooter. And talk yeah. about it like that. And that's what we're talking about. Just talk about it like it's regular. Don't start getting into dynamics of, because of her gender <laughs> and being a woman, why it was a disadvantage. Yeah. And then double down on it. It's ignorant. It's lazy. It's lazy. It's ignorant. It's like, I mean, she put up 26. I mean, like you said, I mean, she put up 26. She chose everything that was that had to do with it. She chose those parameters. Like you said, going second, maybe they should flip a coin. Maybe it should be like a live flipping of a coin to see who goes second um, whenever they do it next. But I like the idea of them just having like NBA elects a guy, WNBA elects a woman every year, you know, maybe a tag team or something like that. That'd be pretty cool like that. And that honestly would probably be the biggest event. Like you said, have that be the last thing. Cause that'll be the biggest event every year. Right. Like point. next year, you still have to include Steph because it's in the Bay, obviously. Oh, but yeah, yeah. after that and going forward, it should continue. Yeah. And, um, you know, what would be interesting. And I don't even know how it'd be work, be, how it could work, but, um, because obviously you want to see what each person is doing, but what if they started at, at the, the same, same time? time, right? So they're like on each side of the court and like, so they can't see what the other's doing. That would be crazy. And like the crowd's reacting. So you don't know what they're reacting to. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Um, yeah. They should find a way to do that. Um, I don't know if it makes sense, but it just like popped into my head right now. And I'm just like, there's so many on court cameras and stuff like that, but I think they can still figure it out. They can figure it out. They should do that. I honestly thought they were going to this season, but then, I mean, they didn't do that. But like, do yeah. you think that going second is an advantage? Cause someone tried to say that's not an advantage. And I said, well, I'm Absolutely based on the many players who have said it, I'm going to lean on them. And then of course I got the ridiculous. You've asked every player, like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's very obviously an advantage when you know what you're going up against, you know what you have to beat. Um, then it puts things into a clearer perspective. Like, Sure, he could have known that he had to get 26 and still not beat her, but it's different than not knowing. I mean, it's better than not knowing, right? It's the same thing with even with the Super Bowl. 
other team got the ball first in OT. Like, all right, y'all better score because we know, you know what I mean? Like, we know what we got to do now once we get the ball. Um, so, yeah, going second is definitely an advantage because you have a clear objective and goal, and it allows you to hyper-focus on that goal. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious to me. I don't understand why people are kind of disputing that, but. Well, you know, people dispute for, you know, all the reasons they dispute. Um, but the other thing I wanted to ask you when I brought up, like, Kenny and his deep ball thing, you know, because, like, we had, I, listen, I, like, look, first of all, I don't call him unk, but, like, I like Shannon in ways, you know, his club Shay Shay. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I might get, like, shot down for this. I didn't really care that much about the Cat Williams stuff. Not that it wasn't good. That's not what I'm saying. I just like the way everyone was so hype off of it. I it, I didn't care. But that being said, he's obviously had like some, you know, he had Usher on after that. Like he's, he brings some very big people on his platform, right? So mm. shout out to him and what he's built. But I still do not like Shannon talking NBA. He always, you know, just the takes are just. He's off the mark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I mean, he just said it like it was definitive. Like, yeah, no, like, like Steph is the best shooter, but Dame is a better deep ball shooter. And you know, Dame fans love to like get in the mentions and say, I don't even understand how this is disputed. And they start showing you like all these numbers, right? Of like how many more of these shots that Dame has made and the volume. So it's definitely true. Justin, is that true? And if it's not true, explain to us why it's not, please. Um. I mean, I guess by the numbers, you can say it's true, sure, whatever. But I think at the same time, you got to look at, like, Steph gets guarded differently than everybody. Like, Dame is Dame, and he has his own level of gravity, but teams aren't letting Steph shoot from that deep. Um, And then Steph is just better at getting to shots that he wants to take. You know what I mean? Like, if he wanted to be like, yeah, I'm going to just take a high volume of 35-footers, that's going to be added to my game, like, I'm sure he could do it and, you know, hit a higher percentage or whatever. But I don't know. I guess they can they can have that, like, the deep ball king. Whatever. That's cool. Whatever. Like, if Steph really wanted that title, I'm sure he could do it. That's my, that's my point. And teams don't let him just walk into deep threes like they do with Dane. So. Right. And, um, you know, I mean, look, we saw the moment that Kenny even suggested that. Like, Steph was like, hold up. Right? So – he clearly does not believe that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just funny to me. It, it's also, <laughs> I heard someone say when talking about like trying to make the Steph Sabrina argument, they were like, look, the same way she, like, I think Steph would be at a disadvantage if he had to shoot from the W line because it's a muscle memory thing and like habit, which you're just used to. This to me is like when people try to tell me that Steph is not as good a mid range shooter as, you know, anyway, like, guys. Like, <laughs> you think he can't shoot the ball in shorter? Like, this is not a. <laughs> I, I just I don't understand the argument. Like, it's not going to get harder for Steph to go inside and shoot the ball from a shorter right. distance. Like, what are we doing? Right. Like you said, it would just be a mid range. So, people just say anything. And we've said this all the time. He's the greatest shooter, not because of just three point shooting. It's because of the various different ways that he can yeah. shoot the ball mid-range three-pointer off the dribble um around the rim the way he fit like it's everything it's like Mm -hmm. all the multiple ways 
he can shoot the ball and put the ball in the hoop. That's what makes him the best shooter, the versatility, right? There's lots of people who can do catch and shoot threes. There's lots of people who can spot up and shoot the ball and like are great Mm -hmm. three-point shooters. That is not what we're saying. And that's also the reason why we truly don't like, even though I've had to use it so much lately, we don't like the, oh, he's the best shooter ever. Because it doesn't mean nothing. Because it does, but it doesn't. Because the way people historically have thought of shooters, like it's not like a complete game like that, right? He's really one of the best scorers in NBA history. Um, And we just need to start talking about him more like that. Yeah, the greatest shooter thing, people don't, I mean, some people don't look at it as selling him short, but a lot of people do. And a lot of people do it on purpose. They say the greatest shooter thing to sell him short and they act like they're they're not. But Right. Or they try to put a lot of hype behind it. It's like, okay, great. But what does, what does that fucking actually mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, greatest shooter. If you're not going to rate him because of that and rank him because of that, then mm-hmm. it doesn't mean much. Right. Right. And then also just saying like the greatest shooter of all time, like that's cool. But like the gap between him and the next get best guy is so massive that just saying like the greatest shooter, it's kind of not even doing that justice. It's not even doing his shooting ability justice. Like, I mean, there's been tweets all, all throughout the years about like what's what skill is like the biggest gap in, in sports history or whatever. Like, is it Tom's Brady's passing, whatever the case may be like, is Steph Curry shooting like Steph Curry at shooting is better than anybody else in any particular skill in probably pro sports history, like across every sport, every skill. I don't think there's a bigger gap between them and what Steph can do as a shooter. So, yeah, I mean, like him shooting from the W line would not be a disadvantage. Like, what, what are we doing? Listen, because these are the people trying to make the muscle member memory argument to try to suggest that it's not um, a sexist argument. Yeah, his muscle memory is like anywhere on the court. So, like, what are we talking about? Exactly. Okay, look, let's let's move on. For all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. Um, let's get to some mailbag questions because we had some questions. Yes. Um, okay, I go with the first one from Jordan Vargas. He said, Who would be more of a franchise leader? JK, Pods, or Tyrese Halliburton? It's kind of wild to throw Halliburton in there. I don't think it's JK. So it's um at least not at this stage of his career. But what I wanna say, what I wanna say about JK is um because I I feel like it's unfair to him a little bit. And I look, I probably even do it too, but it's like people focus so much on his athleticism, right? And I think JK also has a pretty high IQ. He picks up things quickly, right? So he's still getting there, but I feel like, um, I feel like it's not discussed enough. It's just like his athleticism, his athleticism, his athleticism. So, um, and I don't, I don't think right now at this stage of his career, He's a talker. I'm going to be a leader. You know, like that's not where he is. But if you remember someone like Clay, like the way, and I'm not saying Clay is like one of those front facing leaders of the team. But if you look at like even the way Clay used to be in like press conferences and do media, he's evolved so much. So I feel like based on what I've seen right now, I wouldn't pick JK, but that doesn't mean he's not going to evolve and grow over time. Like some people just have that. It's innate from the beginning 
and others mm -hmm. don't. Um, so I think both Pods and Tyrese have the personality and ability to do it. Um, just from the function standpoint, it's to be determined if Pods is going to become the level of player to be that, right? I think Tyrese Halliburton probably is. He has his own franchise. So we have to see. So I guess I'm going to have to pick Tyrese based on those reasons. But, you know, I just think, honestly, all three of these players, they have like, uh, not Tyrese so much, maybe, maybe Tyrese, but in terms of Warriors, both JK and Pods have surpassed the expectations so much of what they could and would mm -hmm. be that I'm not going to put any like limits on what they can be. I'm just going to sit back and watch because I just think Pods is going to be so much better than we expected. And I saw you today tweeted, you know, sort of what you thought JK ceiling might be right now. And I think you said like the second best player on a team and potential like fringe all NBA. I don't want to like mess up your tweet and your words, but I think that's what mm -hmm. I saw. So that that's my answer. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, like you said, Tyrese has his own franchise already. So I guess I mean, he's definitely leading in that as far as the question is concerned right now from a personality. I think pods has like the most like leadership type of personality. Like he's like, not afraid to tell you what he's, I mean, we, we all, I mean, not we all, but like there was an article that came out yep. that detailed his, his relationship with the guys and how he's kind of risen up to where he is now. And, you know, a constant theme is that, like, he's not afraid. He's not afraid to tell people what he thinks should be happening on the court. He's not afraid to, you know, no matter what your stature is, tell you that you're messing up and stuff like that. So that's clearly the the persona of someone who is a leader, a natural born leader that's just going to, you know, say what he think is right in that moment. And, and so from a personality standpoint, I would definitely say pause. From a player standpoint, you got to go with Hadley right now because he has reached superstar status already. So, um, that's yeah, I mean, there's there's always a level of you can lead, but if you're not like one of the guys in terms of your play, yeah. right, um, then there's there's a cap on that. Exactly. And yeah. so it's really depends on like what player. And I mean, pods is a lot of things like I have to go back and read. I saw something where he's going to say, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not even going to say it because I don't want to mess up anything. But like he thinks very highly of himself. Um, and I don't have a problem with that. Um, so it's just a matter of like where he will reach. Um, the, 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 the Slater, a well-written great piece. Everyone should go read it on Brandon Pajemski. Um, you should also check out my video essay on Brandon Pajemski. Um, but available on NBC sports. So it's on, it's on the website. It's also on their um, you, YouTube channel, um, NBC Sports Bay Area specifically, um, and Slater's articles for The Athletic. Uh, it brought up some conversation, not going to really get into it deeply, but let's not, oh, okay, it just came out, Dub signed. Lester. Um, Lester. So we expected that. So mm -hmm. it's coming. Um Everything doesn't have to be brought back to JP, guys. It doesn't always got to get brought back to Jordan Poole, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> and honestly, I'm tired of people coming to my mentors telling me what I don't know. Guess what? I know more than you. And I'm saying, on, I don't mean it like that, but I do. I know more than you on this subject. Just because I can't state it <laughs> on the timeline, mm -hmm. I know more than you on this subject. But 
Like, just stop trying to justify what Draymond did. It was wrong, period, period. That's it. It was wrong. And we're all trying to move on. Let Jordan be. Let him be, you know? Um, And so, like, there was a time that Draymond bragged or co-signed the way JP talked. He loved it. He's on record saying, oh, you know, he loved that about him, right? So Mm -hmm. we don't have to say, oh, well, the fact that he let Brandon say this to him must mean that, well, because... He, he loved pools talking before, right? So <laughs> you mm-hmm. love things until you don't. And I'm not suggesting that he's going to do anything to Brandon, but, you know, like, I just I just don't understand this thing with Jordan Poole, a player who helped them win. This need to, like, it's unfortunate what happened with Jordan. And I hate that he's with the Wizards because now it has some of y'all talking crazy about him and what his ability is as a player. So... I'm sure Jordan Poole will come up again because that's what, what we do. And they're about to play the Wizards soon. So we can talk about Jordan at a later date when they play the Wizards. But, like, I just let let an article be about pods. <laughs> leave brands, leave um, Poole alone. And, like, let's just try to move on. And if we can't come to an agreement that Draymond fucked up, you know, like, I don't know. But, like, he was wrong, period, point blank. Yeah. That's it. Period. Period. Um, okay, what are the rest of the questions? We're on to Alki or Alki. Sorry if I mispronounced, but it says, does Kerr continue to play at the pace that lately? I'm assuming he's meaning like that they've been playing at lately. If so, any concerns for the rest of the season doing so, considering health and CP affecting it? I- I'm gonna I'm gonna actually maybe like just say I I just want to hear what you have to say but I think the CP concerns are valid and I kind of have seen like some tweets I feel with people like mocking people like oh I'm sure a great player like CP is going to come and mess things up like yes (laughs) and that happens all the time even with players who are existing on the team right like if they've taken a break for a while and people have been playing and things have changed they sometimes need a second to figure out how to fit in now so i don't think it's that crazy but i mean i think we've watched not this extended of an absence but we watched earlier in the season when cp missed a game or two here and there and then he would come back and like they played a little differently and so and i don't think it's because cq cq i don't think it's because cp isn't high iq and smart and all that shit i think when you want to talk about muscle memory or like doing what you always do it's like the warriors know how to win games and yet in late game situations they revert to old habits silly passes things like that right so they're not above it chris Mm -hmm. paul isn't above it so um i do have some concerns about him returning um because they're getting in a nice flow and to me the the areas that they are still struggling with are defensive related and i don't think he helps that that much Uh, we could talk about turnovers whatever but those existed when he was here but i mean um Really, I I'm a little concerned. I'm not gonna. I'm a little concerned also because the way that his name was always brought up when he wasn't here, it feels like a crutch um, for Steve Kerr, right? And mm-hmm. so I am a little concerned, Justin. So what do you think? Yeah, I think they'll continue to play at that pace for sure when he's not on the court. And I have the same concerns, like if he comes back and is he gonna stop fast breaks and and do things like that. Uh, on the other side, I do feel like depending on the matchup, depending on the lineup that he's out there with, his 
him being able to slow things down can help certain lineups um, in the half court specifically because they do not have guys that can consistently create advantages in the half court outside of Steph. So having someone who can slow it down could help a little bit there. But as far as health, I mean, it's the same concerns as when we enter the season, right? They play at a fast pace. A lot of their guys are older. Um, they're not the most durable team out there. So like, it's not anything that's going to keep you up at night, but it's always something to keep in the back of your mind. These guys can get hurt at any point, you know, like Steph knock on wood has, hasn't been hurt this season, but he's been hurt the last, all of the last few seasons. So hopefully that continues that he doesn't get hurt, but yeah, it's, it's a reasonable concern. Um, and it's a reasonable concern to think that Chris Paul can come in even as, even though he's been mostly fine for them this season, he just clearly doesn't play all the, the puzzle piece doesn't fit all the way with Golden State. And there's some ways that that can be a good thing for them. And there's some ways where it can be a negative thing for them. So we're just going to have to see, but yeah, there's definitely some concerns there. Next question. This is from sad Steph Stan. It's a tongue twister almost. Um, what to make of our horrible fourth quarter net rating? Any solutions? Are there any solutions, Justin? Uh, by the way, shout out to Janelle Moore. She wrote a great piece today um, for the Mercury, Mercury News. And um, she talks a lot about what happens in late game situations and their, their struggles in the fourth during those periods of time. And a lot of it has to do with their defense. Um, overhelping um, in the way that they have to defend. And so um, it's costing them um, and they they have to figure that out. So um, go check that out and read it. But we have Justin right here. So it's, it's, you're shaking your head. So it seems like you agree with Janelle. Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah, so they got to fix their defense and they got to fix their rebounding. It really starts with defense. In those but moments, you're saying. In those, in those moments, for sure. Um, this team isn't going anywhere unless... Andrew, Jonathan, and Clay can really make a difference on that end in clutch moments, right? Over the course of the game, whatever, cool. But when teams are like, all right, this is winning time, uh, Wiggins and JK have to, be, have to be disruptive and they have to be able to stay in front of their man. That's first and foremost. Um, Clay has to help on the glass. And they got to help Draymond out. I think um, there was a stat that I saw on Twitter the other day. It was like, rebounding in the clutch this season like compared to rebounding just in general for each player and like Draymond had like a huge dip in his rebounding in the clutch and JK Wiggins and Clay all had a like marginal dips in their rebounding as well like they got to just rebound better a lot of the times they're just watching the ball go up and then the guy runs by him and, and grabs it they got to rebound better they got to defend better and um that's that's honestly where it starts and ends right there like stay in front of your man so you don't have to overhelp box out when the ball goes up don't ball watch and they should be fine. They have the size and athleticism in that lineup um, that can stop people. They just got to secure their rebound afterwards. Now, when Pods is in there, they kind of don't have the size to stop people. <laughs> so that's something that they have to figure out if he continues to, if to, continues to close. But he can rebound. Um, so, I mean, obviously it's matchup dependent. But if you had to choose – what's likely their best closing lineup. Who is it? It's Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Kaminga, and Draymond. I think, you know, offensively and defensively, it makes the most sense. And from a size perspective, it makes the most sense. So I would, I would close with them. And then you just got to hope 
or put these guys in position in terms of Clay Wiggins and JK to be the best versions of themselves. Cause that's, that's where your ceiling lies and how good those three guys can be. And what kind of matchups would you maybe put GP two in the closing lineup? Um, a, a matchup, like, let's say you're playing OKC and they got a lot of smalls out there and you need somebody to guard Shea. And, you know, I'm not sure if it's, Whoever of those three wings that I named, Clay Wiggins and, and JK, whoever's having the, I guess, the least impactful game has to come out for Gary in that situation. But if those guys are on their game, then I was like, all right, we can just close without Gary. But yeah. Or maybe like the Kings, a team where it's a lot of smalls, a lot of guards, and maybe just one big, you know, four out, one in type of team. Okay. I think we have one more question. Yeah. This is from. Ariana at Curry Biatch. It's a few questions. Okay. How does Chris Paul get reinserted into the lineup? Whose minutes should he take? I'm sorry, I missed that because the ESPN alert about Lester. What, what was the question? Start, could you start again? Yep. It says, how does Chris Paul get reinserted into the lineup? Whose minutes should he take and do they close with him? And could they ever convince him to come off the bench? Well, he's already... Yeah, and I feel like we sort of addressed him like being reinserted into the lineup but whose minutes do you think he's most likely to to take he's eating into pause minutes for sure because pause been pushing like 35 plus for a while so he's eating into those obviously lester's not going to play at all i'm going to assume moses is not going to play no more even though he's already not in the rotation so um yeah i think mostly from pods all of lester and that's kind of where they're, yeah, that's where they'll come from. Backup guard minutes, yeah. Okay. So we didn't really um, get into, like, an outlook, but just high level. I mean, I feel like some in ways we did in talk in answering some of these mailbag questions. Mm-hmm. But high level, um, what needs to happen for this? We know, like, obviously, basically, they need to kind of go on a run and continue to win. But um, and I would still say they're in the middle of the run. Like having a loss doesn't mean you're not on a run. It's a matter of like, do you keep losing or do you like come back and keep winning? And is it like like five or six wins before you have a loss? That kind of a thing. Um, but I guess what I what I want to know is like one, in terms of the buyout market, if they're signed, if they're adding Lester, they still have one more spot. Um, so like. I feel like there's been some sort of murmurs about potentially if there's a big or like someone. So is there anyone on your radar who might potentially be a good buyout candidate? That's one. Um, should they do that? Try to get another player because we still have the whole trace conundrum. Um, and then also just in general, what is the outlook? Like, what do they have to do? Uh, as far as bio, I haven't looked too deep into it. I know auto is maybe available. So it's like, maybe for vibes. And if he can get healthy enough, he knows the system already. You can grab him. Um, that'd be cool. But in terms of like what they got to do to continue their run and push it's Steph continue to play at a high level. Um, that's baseline stuff. Draymond continue to play at a high level. And then it, it ultimately boils down their ceiling boils down to those three guys. Like if Wiggins is going to be a two way force and he's going to be one of the better perimeter defenders in the league while also giving you 15 to 20, any given night, right? Efficiently. Uh, if JK is going to consistently give you 20 plus as a second, third option, whatever the case may be, depending on the night that that needs to happen, needs to be able to defend rebound 
and Clay has to find his shot. Like Clay finds his shot and he's giving you 15 plus, whether it's starting or off the bench, that just adds another element to your offense, which is already kind of like people think they need a legitimate second option. Um, they could definitely benefit from another tier one guy as a, as next to Steph. But I think with Wiggins, like with Yama, AK, there, there were some rumors or something. There was some rumors. Saw that floating around. Okay. But I another did. day, another day. Just wondering. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, if, if they, if, I mean, even still, Clay, JK, and Wiggins together could be enough offensive help for, for Steph and Pods as well, and Draymond with his shooting as well. So, like, they need those guys to be the best version of themselves for them to win anything of significance because it doesn't matter how good Steph and Draymond play. If those three guys ain't at that level, you're going to lose to whoever in the second round because, you know, you need a little bit more talent than those than those two alone. So, yeah. Okay, so my final question for you then is um, there. I saw something, I think it's betting odds, that neither the Lakers or Warriors make the playoffs, and I'm assuming that's because people think they're going to lose in the play-in because both teams are in the play-in. I don't really expect the Utah Jazz to get back in there. Um, so one, um, are they making the playoffs? And two, are they making it via way of the play-in? Or do you think the Warriors are still going to get a – a top six seed. And I, I do think five or six is still viable. Uh, they get into the playoffs. I think both teams are getting into the playoffs, but are they going to get top six? They are currently five games out of the sixth place. I'm How many go... losses? What are the losses? 22 for the Pelicans and 26 for the Warriors. Okay. What's fifth um, place? Fifth is 22. That's what I'm saying. That's why I say five or six is still viable to me. But okay, gotcha. It's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. You got to outpace these teams by five games. Um, I would say it's less likely <laughs> that they get a five or six, but they're going to get into the playoffs. They're not going to lose into. They're not going to lose twice in a play-in because they're definitely going to be above nine or ten. So they would have to lose twice to get out of the playoffs, and I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm going to say in the playoffs via play in okay I hope, they, I hope they get in five or six that would be amazing that would be great okay. well they there you go y'all that's your that's your um outlook you know um justin i definitely want to revisit um the Giannis thing with you because there was a quote and again i, I have to read things because you know people just like to put out quotes and i don't have full context but apparently steph confirmed like 100 percent he sees you know him clay and dre playing to the end I also don't know what else he's supposed to say when people ask that but that's fine he's not going to say no like we're not mm -hmm. so but whatever I don't put too much stock into those but um <laughs> you know like if somehow they were able to get Giannis if that meant having to give up one of those two um peace <laughs> peace and thank they you for your dude. services <laughs> they, were, they were good dudes Okay, but what I'm saying is I want to probably when we come back um, after Thursday's game, just sort of explore if it had to be one or the other, what that means and how they'd look. But okay, we know that you're okay parting with either one <laughs> if it meant getting Giannis. <laughs> yeah, for a tier one star, for a tier one star, like, come on, see y'all. Appreciate Got you. Got gotcha. you. Gotcha. Okay. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this um, edition or this episode rather of Golden Spaces. I had fun. It's a fun conversation. 
Um, so I, I hope you guys enjoyed it because we had fun having it. We will be back. Um, I don't know if I will be back, but we will be back. We as in Golden Spaces um, and our girl Karima who took off today. But um, we'll be back to cover what is the game? Who are they playing? Lakers. Is it Lakers? The Lakers. It's the Lakers. In LA. Or is it in, in the Bay? I'm not sure. But. Okay. Well, they play the Lakers and um, we will have post post game to at home. They're at home. Okay. So they're in chase. They truly do need to beat them after what happened in that overtime thriller. Um, so that I was there for it. It was, oh gosh, so much. So um, we will be back to cover that. So thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. Make sure you are following us at Golden Spaces Pod. We are on X Twitter and we are on Instagram. Also, make sure you leave us oh my gosh people blowing up my phone make sure you leave us oh wow i'm never this popular during the podcast sorry <laughs> make, sure you, make sure you are leaving us a five-star rating and a wonderful review and sharing we appreciate that until next time y'all take care